just like a, he's just a complete brickhead. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good looking dudes on my team. <laughs> you just got nuked. I just them. We'll see. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Elite Sense Brain. We are on episode Josh Brown. How are you doing, Erickson's Brenner? I'm doing well. Episode Josh Brown, most iconic Suns defenseman to ever wear number three. No other person comes to mind. So this is a very apt name for the episode number. For sure. Also one of the few Suns defensemen to wear number three who doesn't, who I do not have blocked on Twitter. I was going to say it doesn't have me blocked, but no, the other one does not have me blocked. I blocked him because I was afraid of his fans. That's so fair and valid. Yeah, that's just a very funny start. I feel like immediately just roasting. I'm not even going to say his name. You know who we're talking about. Exactly. Our competition as an inferior sense podcast. Anyways, how are you doing today? Did I already say that? I'm sorry. It's been, we, we took a week off because we were busy. So we're a little bit out of practice today. Yeah. Sorry, guys. We had, it was mostly me. I'm like disorganized. And I was like, I have too much school. I can't do it this week. So that's on me. I'm very sorry. But yeah, so now we have to remember how to talk, I guess. Yeah, too bad. Anyways, we wanted to start out with a quick update on some stuff that we talked about in the last episode three weeks ago. I know it's been a while, but we got to refresh your memories. Basically, the first thing that I wanted to give an update on was the situation with Silver 7 Sounds and Vox Media, because we talked about it in the last episode. As you may have seen on social media, Silver 7 has announced that we're going independent. We have some really cool, fun plans that I'm really, really excited about for the new website. And we have put out a GoFundMe. We've already met our goal, but any amount of money helps. If we go over our goal, that just means that we can keep the site running for longer before we have to start worrying about subscriptions and stuff. So thank you so much to everyone who has donated. I appreciate that we hit our goal on exactly the 69th donation. I love Sense Twitter. That was wonderful. So yeah, that's kind of the plan. Yeah, that's awesome. Everyone, donate your money to Silver 7 Cents. I want this site to go forever so this is not a threat however listen to this however you want to it's not a threat but also donate your money okay exactly and like you know i talked about this in a five thoughts article a while ago but the reason that we're asking for people's money is because this is the only way we can keep silver seven running as the site already is and we kind of had to make the decision of like do we want to have the site completely different with a lot of the features we don't like or yeah with like not all the features that we like and that the readers like but have it available for free to our readers or do we want to ask for money and keep the site running as it is and make it actually good and we chose the latter and I hope that people agree that that was the right decision you know mm-hmm. I fully agree I was like this is awesome because like yeah I feel like everyone loves the site everyone loves like as it is so I feel like I was willing to donate to keep it as it was. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like, that's what I want. And so I'm really like, I'm willing to put money towards it. So yeah, I think it's awesome that you guys met your goal. Yeah, I'm very excited for the future. Sounds good. The other update we wanted to say, I feel like I need to address this because we have been getting so many comments on social media. And by that, I mean like three different people talk um, <laughs> tweeting at us and I and I notice it so much that I have to address it here. But 
People are mad at me for how I pronounce French names, and I just want to say I am so sorry. No, don't apologize. (laughs) But here's the thing, okay? Here's the irony in all of this. I literally pronounce my name differently depending on which language I'm speaking. If you've ever listened to my episodes with La Brigade, I introduce myself as Beata. That is how my name is pronounced in French. That's how I pronounced it all throughout high school. Lots of people pronounce their names differently in French than in English. And yet for me, there are just some hockey player names that are just so French that it feels wrong to like mispronounce them. Even like, I know people were making fun of me because I said Pierre Dorian instead of Pierre Dorian. And for me, the problem is I can say Dorian. That's fine. That's an ang- that's an Anglo name. But it's just the name Pierre that is such a French name that it feels so wrong to mispronounce it. I just can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the most stereotypical French name ever. It's like if you were inventing a French person, you would name them Pierre. So it's like it makes sense. Also, like... I don't know. I think it's fun that you pronounce every name very, very French. Because it's like, if you want to hear the names pronounced not French and like aggressively Anglo, just listen to me say them. It's fine. Exactly. You get both both pronunciations on the podcast. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a it's not a principal thing. It's not like I think people should pronounce it this way. It's just like it's not it's me being extremely bilingual and having grown up in a bilingual environment where we just switch between two languages constantly. There are even just some words that I would always say in French because I just got used to saying them in French, you know? Like this is just how it how my brain works. Other multilingual people let yeah. me know in the comments, well, I guess on social media if if you do the same thing Mm -hmm. i think the move is actually for us to like look up the pronunciation guide of like everyone who doesn't have like an like an english like north american name or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like pronounce their names like if we just like do a german accent for tim stutzla i don't know how to say his name in a german accent but like i think that's the move going on actually we already do do i learned how to pronounce tim stutzla from poppy who's german so we always we already pronounce it correctly yeah Okay, we got to do it for who else is on the team? <laughs> Everyone name a Sens player. Who else? Like the Sens oh, are pretty like heavy Eric on Branstrom. American If we can boys. learn how to say that, <laughs> they very much are. If we can learn how to say Eric Branch from Swedish, I feel like that could be excellent. Good point. So the last update we wanted to give is you may have noticed, I mean, you must have noticed if you've clicked on this podcast, that we finally have a new logo and it was designed by our wonderful, amazing friend, Joe, who is at notafan underscore Joe on Twitter. Shout out to her. She's the best. And we laughed so hard at this logo. We had so much fun like working with her for it. And I'm so excited with how this turned out. Yes. Thank you so much, Joe. You'll also notice on our Twitter, our header is also designed by Joe, mm-hmm. and it is beautiful. Everyone go look at it. I think I said on Twitter, like, everyone stare at it for, like, 10 minutes uninterrupted, and then I think you said, no, do it for, like, an hour, because that's the length of an episode. So while you're listening to this, yeah. just stare at the logo, and that's, like, the full effect, I think, of listening to this podcast. You just have to stare at the logo while you listen. For sure. It's so cool. I'm so happy about that. I love that. So, okay, spoiler alert. Well, no, apparently some like behind the scenes information for everyone. Our, the logo that we were using before was in fact a placeholder. We didn't actually plan to use that one, but I kind of was debating saying this on the podcast because I was like, 
it kind of the way we did it it almost looks like we had a a logo and then joe might have just approached us and been like no you're not doing this (laughs) that's so funny yeah oh yeah insider fun fact about the last logo i uh, made it. I don't have Photoshop, so I did it on Google Drawings, which is the like free thing on Google Drive where you can do drawings. I've used that um, before. So basically, I copy pasted all the pictures into there. Yeah, it's a classic. That's what I use to edit literally everything. If you've ever seen me edit anything, it's either on Instagram or on Google Drawings. So great product. Shout out Google Drawings, the sponsor of this episode. I find Google Drawings unusable, so I respect that on your part. What I use is Instagram. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Instagram, actually. Shout out Instagram. The text edit is so good. I sometimes, whenever I make anything to post on Twitter, I just like, and it needs text. Instagram text edit. That's the specific sponsor of this, uh, of this, what is this, episode? I can't remember what it was called. That's funny. Okay. Um, yeah, so shout out Joe again for the logo. Thank you so much, Joe. It's so beautiful. Everyone loves it. So now that we've got all of that out of the way, it's time to talk about what's been happening with the sense, which is, to be honest, not a lot because we put out our last episode right before the All-Star break. And basically all that happened was that Brady Kachuk had some fun there, which we'll talk about later. But in the meantime, we need to talk about the most important bit of Sen's news that happened since the last episode, which is that Eric Brandstrom got engaged during the All-Star break and then immediately became so good at hockey. Literally, like, he, his, like, wife guy powers activated, I suppose. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. But I was literally so upset because I was... Doing every okay, prefacing this with everyone drop out of school because this is a harrowing tale. I'm going to tell you. I was studying when the freaking Sens game was happening because I was like, I need to do school, which is awful. So, number one, terrible. I missed Eric Brandstrom scoring his first goal in however, like a hundred and something, I don't even know, so many games. Beata texted me and she went, or like, she was like, I can't believe he did it or whatever. And my brain goes two places. Number one, did Brady Kachuk score an in-between-the-legs goal? Number two, did Eric Branstrom score any goal? And then, come to find, I go on Twitter, Eric Branstrom scored. I was, like, actually devastated. I was like, I can't believe I missed it. It's like, I felt like absentee father vibes. Like, it was very yeah. cats in the cradle for me. I was like, oh my god, like, I missed the most important moment of my son's life type thing. Um, so everyone drop out of school, please, because... It's awful. It's awful being in school. You missed Eric Brandstrom goal. I was so devastated on your behalf when I found that out. Like, from my perspective, you were tweeting about the game at some point. Clearly, you know, not actually watching, but just still commenting on what was happening. So I assumed you were watching. And then, yeah, Eric Brandstrom scored. And I was like, I can't believe this. I was in shock. I was freaking out. And of course, my first thought is like, what is Erickson's burner saying about this? And I go to your Twitter page and there's nothing. And I was like, oh my God, is she freaking out so much that she just like can't find the words for this? And so then I texted you and then you took a while to respond. I was like, what's going on? Where did she go? Why isn't she answering my text? Is she freaking out so much about her son scoring a goal? And then, yeah, I was so sad to find out that you just hadn't watched it. 
Yeah, it was so sad. Also, yeah, that's really funny how you were like, yeah, you were tweeting about the game. Well, I was just like, yeah, I was studying so hard, guys. So, um, yeah, fun fact, you can always tweet while you're studying. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes you need a break. So then you like go mm-hmm. on Twitter for three hours. Yeah. So the thing about tw- like live tweeting a sense game is it's like, I'm pretty sure people like mostly when I get good engagement it's just like what everyone else is already saying so it's mm-hmm. like it's very easy to live tweet a sense game that you are not watching because just like look through the timeline and be like okay what are the people like what's the consensus opinion and then just like tweet that opinion and everyone loves it there was one game last season where see last season i was on a gap year and i was doing nothing and watched every single game like i had i never had anything else going on i was so lame I had nothing going on in my life but then the first game that I actually missed I remember that I thought it would be a funny bit to just schedule a bunch of tweets to go up during the game and I put out so many tweets it was like every five ten minutes and some of them got a lot of traction and I don't think it was people who were in on the joke I think people were just like yeah good tweet agree um, and apparently, I remember some of them were like weirdly yeah. well timed. It was it was pretty good. So would recommend that as a fun bit to do. Yeah, honestly, yes. Yeah, scheduling, I'm okay. Obviously, I only watch sense games, so like this might be inaccurate. But I feel like sense games might be the most like the best ones to schedule tweets for because it's like okay, you can be like a, like four minutes in maybe say what the hell was that because they got scored on. That's uh-huh. like a given. Oh my god, that's absolutely happening. Then like towards like when first intermission is going to happen you say like we need better from them in the second because it's like Mm -hmm. you obviously do you know what I mean it's like it very much like follows a script which I appreciate because it's like I like to have like a constant in my life like you kind of always know how they're gonna go Mm -hmm. which is cool I appreciate that yeah it's also a good idea to tweet sometime in the third like man Tim Stutzler is just ridiculous and also reminder that jake sanderson is a rookie that's always a good one yeah oh my god those are two such classics yeah now jake sanderson tragically injured i don't even know it was during that it was during wait was it when eric Branson? yeah it yeah was it was the really eric cursed Oilers game. and then everything i think who tweeted someone was like yeah hold on i want to find the exact person who tweeted it someone tweeted eric Branson scored and opened up the gates of hell i believe it was jack baines who tweeted that um, yes, I remember so, yeah. seeing that. Shout out. That was an excellent tweet. It was. Mm-hmm. And like things got better afterwards, but that one game, oh my god, was so cursed. And also it's sad because with Sanderson out, okay, I've been really mad at the way people talk about Thomas Shabbat online. As you know, if you follow me on Twitter, I do not stand for Shabbat slander. And when Sanderson got injured, I was like, well, people are going to realize how they're going to appreciate Shabbat now. They're going to realize how good he is now that he's the only good defenseman. And that is not happening. Instead, Shabbat has made a few mistakes and everyone is piling on him and saying that he's bad and they need more from him and that he's the problem on the Sens when he's literally raising seven children. And by children, I mean baby defensemen. He's playing so much. He's carrying this team on his shoulders. Please just give him a break. Yeah, honestly... Thomas Shabbat can be a little bad as a treat. You know what I mean? It's like he's so tired. Like, whatever. Lay off him. Like, who cares? 
And nobody ever appreciates it when he does good things. He does very cool things. And people are like, yeah, like, whatever. And then he does one, like, bad thing. And they're like, that was bad. And it's like, you know what? Shut the hell up. <laughs> like, how dare you say that about him? Everybody needs to look away when he's bad. Do what I do. Just ignore it when he's bad. Yeah. Like, if you are not, like, deluding yourself into, like, thinking that Thomas Shabbat makes no mistakes ever and is perfect, that's, like, weird. Like, you're not a sense fan. I don't know what you are, but you're not a sense fan. Exactly. And truly, I think it's just because he, like, took over from Eric Carlson and a bunch of people were mad that he was presented as Carlson's replacement. I This is my theory about Shabbat. People just didn't like him because he wasn't as good as Carlson and was put in exactly the same situation as Carlson. And even Eric Carlson was not at 100% when he was playing in Ottawa because he was being weighed down by bad defense partners and, like, run into the ground. And he was able to still be really good because he's Eric Carlson. And obviously Shabbat isn't going to be that good, but because he struggles more with that role, people get annoyed with him. That's my theory. Yeah. I feel like the other thing that, I don't know if this is like ignored, because uh, I feel like people do talk about this, but it's like the other thing about Thomas Shabbat is that like he is playing a million minutes every mm-hmm. single day. And it's like, maybe he's tired, guys. Like when he makes mistakes, maybe it's because he is the most tired man in the entire world exactly so yeah i like how we were talking about eric grinch in school and this is fully just like as it always does all roads lead back to thomas shabbat but exactly it needs to be said everyone lay off if i see anyone trash talking shabbat it's an instant block i don't care what he does on the ice you can't criticize him exactly yeah and i agree because he's perfect That's so funny. I don't even know how we got there. That's funny. Okay, I guess the second thing we have to talk about in terms of sense updates is uh, Troy Mann got fired. This was the biggest shock. I don't follow Belleville that closely. I don't have strong opinions about their coaching because I know nothing. So if you're looking for like a serious analysis of this, this is not the podcast for you. But we have had years of everybody saying Troy Mann is the best. Troy Mann is going to get an NHL job soon. Fire DJ Smith so we can hire Troy Mann instead because Troy Mann is so much better. And then he gets fired? Yeah, I was like in shock because also I, I also don't follow Belleville at all. All I know is the tweets of people who do follow Belleville. And so I was like, I was under the impression that like Troy Mann was a god. I was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I thought he was the best coach ever. Then it's like, if you look at Belleville's record, it's like, oh, okay. Um, Well, he wasn't, I don't know, like, they didn't, they don't exactly have, like, a great record. I don't remember it off the top of my head. But it's like, okay, so maybe he's fallible. Come to find, Claire Hanna broke the news. Apparently, he was, like, leaking secrets, which is hilarious. This is also unconfirmed, and some people have denied it, but I trust yeah. Claire Hannah. She's my only news source. What I find so confusing about this whole thing, though, with Troy Mann, is that, from what I understand, Troy Mann is a coach that the players really like. He's good at developing players and stuff. You know, he produces great players that do really well in the NHL, which is awesome. That's exactly what you want out of a coach in your for your AHL team, but hasn't been getting results. And, like, yeah, sure, part of it is the roster, but you know, his teams just are not performing to the level that they should be and he's not winning games. And who does that sound like? 
to me, that sounds just like DJ Smith. That's exactly how I would like evaluate Smith as players like him. He gets the most out of his young players and stuff. I think he's been pretty good in terms of development. And if you think he's been bad, you got to talk to other fan bases because it could be a whole lot worse. But he just can't win games. So I'm like, why did people want Troy Mann in Ottawa? Like, I understand wanting that type of coach for your AHL team and not your NHL team. Totally understandable. But I feel like Troy Mann would not have been the solution in Ottawa. I feel like they needed someone different. That's just my... Yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, it is very much like they just wanted DJ Smith again, I guess. (laughs) Which um, is really funny to me. Uh, Yeah, so... Like, by Troy Mann, I guess. I don't know if anything more is going to come of that. Wasn't he going to, like, complain about the, like, firing or something? Is that going to happen? I'm not sure. I might be I spreading lies. Ooh, I maybe made that up. Guys, if I made that up, forget about it. <laughs> Sorry. I have an active imagination. Don't use <laughs> um, us as your news source about the Sens. I don't know what we are, but not a news source. Well, I have learned recently that uh, several of my classmates who don't really follow hockey listen to this podcast now. Um, which is very nice of them, and they enjoy it. So this is actually a news source on the Sens for many people. I really appreciate that my friends are listening to this because now they'll at least understand a little bit of what I'm talking about when I just like start talking about the Sens all the time. That's so awesome. Hello, all the classmates. Shout out to the classmates. <laughs> Not going to say which program, which faculty, which university, but you know who you are. No. If you're if you think we're talking about you, we are. Hi. This is a special message just for you. Everyone else turn off the podcast. This is just for the classmates. You're our favorite listeners, guys. Okay, everyone else can start listening again. <laughs> Anyways, um we also do need to talk about one thing that happened before the All-Star break. So there was one game in between our last episode and the All-Star break, and that was the amazing win over the Habs, and I just want to say we said in our last episode that Claude Giroux was the biggest hater on the Sens. He brings so much hater energy to the team. Well, I think Brady and Timmy must have been listening to our podcast because, oh my God, the hater energy that they brought to that other game. And they have been keeping it up. They've been so good lately. They are also big haters. Like, I think Claude Giroux is still like the biggest hater on the team, but I really appreciated Brady and Timmy really becoming like haters, you know? Yeah, it was like a coming of age hater moment almost. I really appreciated that. Um, but yeah, so like this was now three weeks ago, I believe. Uh, so we'll give you all a refresher in case you forgot. Basically, I think like, I can't remember who scored. I think it was either it was either Brady or Timmy. And then um, like, like Habs fans like flipped them off and they like responded I don't know if they swore at the fans but they like (laughs) talked to the fans no I think there was a clip it was after Brady's goal and (laughs) you you see Timmy like look at this Habs fan dead in the eye and say fuck you or like fuck off I think (laughs) I love him so much (laughs) yeah 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 like that's so funny because the fan was like flipping him off and yeah yeah yeah. he was like fuck off essentially so that's great. I like I honestly like that's awesome. I think it's so beautiful. I love how much of a hater he is. Just incredible on all points. Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. Sorry we said you weren't the biggest haters. We've been proven wrong. Exactly. He's just been so good all the like in everything on the ice. He's amazing. I love Timmy. Yeah. Brady too. Brady yeah, Brady too. It's so funny. Yeah, literally 
Oh yeah, the way to get like easy like fifteen likes on Twitter is just tweet anything positive about Tim Tuttle at this point because everyone is just so infatuated. Everyone was already infatuated, but it's like he is like next level right now. Just like he can literally do no wrong. It's actually incredible. We're providing great influencing tips. We should do one of those. You know, some influencers will do like little courses where they're like pay fifty dollars a month to learn how to be an influencer. People should be paying us for this. Yeah, learn how to be a sense influencer. The secret, tweet about the tweet about the most beloved player on the team, guys. I know that you didn't think about that, but I think it's a really good idea. Follow for more tips. Exactly. Um, I like, yeah, they were such awesome haters. We love to see it. The next thing I think we have to talk about is the goaltending in Ottawa. Is It's not looking good. It was like weirdly seeing Forsberg go off the ice. It was so reminiscent of the start of the Hamburglar run. It was so weird. Like, were you around for the Hamburglar run? I, like, don't think I watched, like, when it started. But I think, like, as it was happening, I got caught up in it. So I don't remember the exact, like, game it happened. But then I've constructed a false memory of it based on, like, all the tweets I've been seeing. Yeah, well... I was active on Sen's Twitter at this time, and for anyone who does not know the lore of the Hamburglar run, the way it started is that the Sens were in, like, a really, really shitty position. They were way out of a playoff spot. We were so upset all the time because the Sens were wasting Eric Carlson's prime. They weren't going to make the playoffs. The rebuild had failed. We were just so, like, upset It really felt completely hopeless, but the Suns were doing so badly that we were like, hmm, Connor McDavid is available in the draft. Maybe this is how it starts. They should just blow it up. They should rebuild, try to get Connor McDavid. Anyways, then there was a game in mid-February. Craig Anderson was already out with an injury at that point, and there was a terrifying moment. I will never forget it (laughs) for my entire life where Clark MacArthur collided with... Oh, Clark MacArthur's a winger, and he collided with Robin Leonard, the backup goaltender, who was, like, the starting goaltender at the time. And I can't remember if they both got stretchered off the ice or if it was, you know, one of them got stretchered off and the other one... Anyways, it was really, really bad. They both ended up with concussions. One of the scariest moments I've ever witnessed in a hockey game. So, of course, we're like, Connor McDavid, let's go! Especially because I'm pretty sure they had, like, no goaltending prospects or they were all injured. So they had to bring up this random ass guy called Andrew Hammond, who was a bad AHL goaltender, zero NHL experience. Like he was, he was bad in the minor leagues. He wasn't even a big goaltending prospect. And then he showed up and just won every single game and they made the playoffs. And it was the most fun I've ever had watching hockey. So anyways, circling back to what has happened now, it was so weird how it was mid-February. We were not as upset this time around because there's a little bit more hope for the future now believe it or not one goaltender is already out because cam talbot is already injured and then forsberg gets stretched off the ice and this time it's not some random nobody but it's two like baby goalies with no nhl experience basically which is really fun it's vibes and of course we're thinking generational talent available in the draft maybe we should get connor bedard and i kept seeing that on twitter going guys do you not realize that we've been through this before this is not going to happen. They're going to win now because you're trying, you're like hoping that this goaltending situation is going to get us Connor Bedard. It didn't get us McDavid. It's not getting us Bedard. Oh my God. Wait, that's like proper eerie. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. I didn't know of all the parallels. That's actually insane. Guys, I think we're making the playoffs. Knock on wood, I guess. But this is what it's seeming like. I 
I mean, the evidence is all but, there, right? Yeah. So yeah, the thing that happened to Anton Forsberg is it's going to sound made up in how tragic he tore both MCLs. I don't know. Which, like, that's that. what I would say if I was like trying to get out of something. If I was like, I don't want to do it, guys. I tore both my MCLs. It's like, oh my god, how, like literally how? Because I again wasn't watching, so I like didn't see the play, and like I was like not gonna like look it up because I was like that sounded very was... sad. Um, but yeah, I have no idea how it happened. It was like Zach Hyman fell into him slash maybe was pushed into him by Travis Hamanick. It was such a weird play. And then like that game was actually cursed because that's the game Jake Sanderson got injured. So it's mm-hmm. like, what is like the Edmonton Oilers? Leave the Sims alone. Okay. Oily Gifts, can you tell your team to stop? Oily Gifts, call off your men, please. Call them off. Um, it's like, yeah, so that's very tragic. But yeah, so maybe we see so, so, I don't, I'm trying Sogard. to think of like Hamburglar with like uh, mad yeah. Sogard. I don't I know. I feel like we don't need, <laughs> we don't need to have a whole like fun Hamburglar run name. It's just, and it's the fact that it's Sogard and Mandalizi, right? It's the two young goaltenders that are like friends and just having fun with it. That's what makes it Hamburglar-esque vibes, mm-hmm. you know? But it's its own thing. Yeah, I do love how they're like best friends. Like basically, Mad Sogard got the victory goggles in one mm-hmm. like after one win, and then like when Mandalizi won uh like his first NHL start, like first NHL game, he was like, I gotta like Sogard was like, I gotta give these like my best bud or whatever. I he know. was very, it was like very cute. It's a very cute video. So look up the, the video if you have stuff. It was so cute. Yeah, it's like I love how they're like best friends. Like that's very very cute. The vibes, I love it when players are the best vibes friends. of the goaltending are like, yeah, it's so nice. But like so like the vibes of the goaltending are interesting right now because it's like objectively everyone's hurt and there are two children but like the children are best friends so it's like maybe it'll all be okay the sins are all about the power of friendship so i think they're going to be fine very true so that's the goaltending situation something else crazy ish that happened is pierre dorian gave like a press conference thing where he went over like the state of the team i guess the only things that were really notable to me are that number one he said that Alex Dabrinkit is not getting traded, which rocks. Let's go. Love to see it. So everyone shut up about your trade proposals on Twitter. Everyone also, like, randomly, like, Blackhawks fans being like, this is how we get Dabrinkit back. It's not going to happen for you. Lay off. Like, He's leave us now. alone. He's not going back. Yeah, sorry. You snooze, you lose. Anyway, the second thing is that Travis Hamannick is not getting traded. Which I was less happy about. Yeah. Funny that 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 happened right after he, you know, pushed someone into his own goaltender and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to get that mad about it. What I'm concerned about is how nice Dorian was about him. How much nice things he said. And I was like, hmm, you're not offering him another contract, are you? Let's not do that. Yeah, I don't know. At this point, I'm just like... I can't wait for everyone to get fired. <laughs> New ownership come in, fire everyone. Because it's like, I don't trust these dudes. Like, I don't trust their decision making. Ryan yeah. Reynolds, I know you're listening. Just hurry it up, man. Just buy the team quicker. So yeah, that was the presser. I don't know anything else notable that happened there. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I just like looked at the TSN 1200 tweets. I mean, you get all the important info from there anyways. Yeah. 
with like many typos, but that adds to it. Well, actually, sometimes they make up tweets, so we never know. They 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 have been known to make up the odd quote, which I respect a lot. Like I think that's awesome. I think keep peddling misinformation. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah, the next thing we could talk about is how the Sens have low key actually been good recently. I think due to the baby goaltenders, but also before the All Star break, they were good. They were like winning. Uh, so we find them kind of back in a, like, kind of back trying to get a playoff spot. I don't know. I don't know if the math checks out. I mean, they probably won't, but, you know, they're sort of in the race a little bit. I was amused during the game against Calgary when I watched two periods of just awful, unwatchable hockey, went to my own hockey game, and was thinking... Oh man, like I think I think Calgary scored again or something while I was away. Don't check that. I don't remember. But anyways, you know, check the score before I got on the ice and was like, what the fuck? This is so depressing. They're so bad. Got off the ice, didn't even think about checking the score because I was like, okay, clearly they lost 5-1 or 6-1, you know, and then went back home, checked the score and they won. I was pretty mad that they did that when I wasn't yeah. watching. <laughs> You know what? I did the exact opposite of you. I was like watching Twitter for the first part of the game and everyone was like, they're losing and it's bad. And I was like, I'm not going to watch like whatever then. I'm not, I don't need to spend my time doing this. But then I saw on Twitter that they were like, then good and like tied it. And I was like, oh, now we watch. And it was awesome because then I got to watch like overtime. Who scored? Tim Stutzla. Yeah. And it was awesome. Cool life yeah, hack. Great game. Just follow on Twitter to see if the game is worth watching or not. Yeah, like actually, exactly. Because there are so many dedicated people who will watch every single game for you. And then just read their tweets. And if it seems like it's not worth tuning in, just don't. So think, that's like the backbone of Sense Twitter is the people who watch every game. And then like basically act like the canary in the coal mine of like, should I tune in? So thank you so much to everyone who does that. Much appreciated. I watch pretty much every game that I can, but I don't usually have serious takes on how the game is going. I, I just post my little jokes. Yeah, so I, I don't also, think you can get a good idea of how the game is going from that. Yeah, I watch. I I think I like. I try to watch like every game because like when they win, I'm so happy. But then if they lose, I'm so sad. So sometimes it's like very much like. Well, if I can't take being sad right now, I'm not going to watch because the odds of them losing. It's sometimes very high. Anyway, yeah. So the most recent thing they did is they were winning 3-1 against Chicago, who is a very bad team, fully rebuild mode, fully trying to get Bedard. And then you'd think that they would have won that game. Third period, mm -hmm. I think they were winning 3-1. It's like, okay, the vibes are that maybe they'd win this. And then they absolutely did not. Yeah. I The thing is, the Sens always play really badly against Chicago, and if you watch enough Sens hockey, it's like, I can't believe I watch so much Sens hockey that I know their record against Western Conference teams. They literally play twice a year, and that's it. But I remember that they always suck against Chicago. Last time they played Chicago, or, well, I don't think it was the last time they did, but last season, they played them early in the year, and I think they gave Chicago their first win. And also they gave Patrick Kane a hat trick. It was so embarrassing. I was so upset about that. Like, I just remember they always lose to this team. So going into that game, the vibes were so good. And everyone was like, yeah, Chicago's a bad opponent. They can just, they'll, they'll be able to win this. And I was like, guys, are you sure? 
also they always lose on games where they're retiring a jersey or there's some kind of like important thing happening they have lost every single alfie game if i remember correctly so i did not have faith that they would win the chris neal game yeah it was very very tragic I don't know. There's not much else to say. It's just like they blew the lead and then lost in overtime. And it was very annoying because I watched it and I was like, oh, my God. And another cool life hack, guys, if you find that the Sens are making you angry and you are just scrolling through other people being really angry about the Sens, good life hack is to just log off, which is what I did. And then I missed a Leafs trade, but it's fine. I logged off. Um, Would recommend. Yeah. Yeah, so, So the Sens lost and everyone was mad at Thomas Shabbat. I was like, this is so tragic. I didn't post anything to defend him, which I'm sorry. That's like bystander effect. It's like, I'm as bad as the haters. But it's like, I was like, I'm emo, but I disagree with all of you. And then the Ryan O'Reilly trade happened or whatever. And then everyone stopped paying attention to the sense. And I was like, no, everyone pay more attention to the sense still. Yeah, I I always hate it when other teams steal the sense thunder. It's terrible. Like, whose league is this? The sense. It's called the sense hockey league, everyone pay attention but um yeah that was very frustrating I don't like when things are about teams other than the team I like yeah anyways um finally the other thing that happened in that Chicago game as I alluded to is that the Sens made the very controversial decision to retire Chris Neal's number they didn't make the decision during that game they they made the decision a while ago but they they finally pulled through with it what did you think about that okay I think it's funny that fans of other teams hate it so much like I think that's hilarious because it's like I was like like looking at all these tweets of people being like wow like I can't believe the Suns did this whatever like it was more when it was announced I don't know if I saw too many when it was actually oh there was a lot I saw one from like locked on sabers yeah okay I saw one specifically from Locked on Sabres, which is like, I think they did like a whole clip about how they didn't like it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, which retired Sabres numbers I can name is zero. So it's like, why do you care? Yeah, see, I'm also kind of on the same boat. The thing is, okay, I'm, I'm announcing something very controversial right now, but I've kind of always been a Chris Neal hater. I didn't even like him back in his prime, in quotes. Um... I mean, you know, maybe there were a few moments where I was where I was getting emotional about a moment in a Sens game that Chris Neal had created, or I'm sure I, you know, cheered for a few fights here and there that were entertaining when I was in the crowd, and you know, it's it's more fun when it's in person. Generally, I have never liked Chris Neal, and so when they announced this, I was like this sucks. I'm so mad. There are so many other players more deserving. Like they could, like they should retire Craig Anderson instead. But now if they go with Neil and Craig Anderson, it's going to be too many. And Carlson deserves to have his number up there one day. Anyways, I was, I was doing discourse. I was bad. And then I started to see other people, other fan bases being like, this is so embarrassing for the Sens. And I was like, no, it's not. Don't you dare tell us to be embarrassed about stuff because suddenly this is a sense thing. Like this is an iconic sense moment. Yeah. Like I think like other people being mad about it. I'm like, okay, well now it's my favorite thing ever. Like, exactly. okay, congrats. You've made, you've made two new Chris Neal fans out of your weird need to post 
sense hater thing. Exactly. The more other people hate it, the more I like it. This is just sense vibes. This is maybe this was the whole the plan all along. The sense were like, we knew people are going to be bad, but our fan base is going to be on board. Like some of our fan base will be on board from the start because they liked Chris Neal and the rest of them will be on board once everybody starts getting mad about it. Yeah, it's the perfect plan. The sense are geniuses. We all know. <laughs> well, now next time I'm at the Canadian Tire Center, I'll look up at the Raptors and instead of being like, oh my God, why is Chris Neal there? That's so embarrassing. I'll be like, hell yeah, fuck the haters. We got Chris Neal's number up there. Yeah. Next time I'm there, I take a picture. I DM it to everyone who was hating on it. I say, hey, check this out. And it's Chris Neal's number in the Raptors. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? <laughs> Great plan. Yeah. I think that's all like the Sens updates that have happened. I don't know if there's anything we missed. I think that was it. The only other, like, sense thing is obviously we haven't had a chance to talk about the All-Star Weekend and how much fun Brady Kachuk had. I will say we were right about the skills competition. It was, it sucked and it would not have sucked if there were alligators. We were right. Yeah. Actually, I have to agree. You know I agree because I talked about it for like 20 minutes last episode. Oh, I wanted alligators. But yeah, again, NHL, if you're listening, it would have fixed it. It would have made it fun. Exactly. But anyways, I did appreciate Brady Kachuk, uh, first of all, doing the dunk tank. I'm glad that he and Matthew did that. I wish they had been dunking each other. Like They couldn't even get that right with the NHL. But I appreciated that. I appreciated his participation in Matthew's Breakaway Challenge, where he just sat in the lounge chair wearing Crocs and drinking BioSteel, I think. Um, That was pretty iconic of him. I like that in all the pictures afterwards, you see everybody on their skates and Brady is still in his Crocs. That's our guy. He's so awesome. I love him and his Crocs. He's such an Ottawa guy. And in fact, okay, I wanted to talk about this one thing because the Sens put out a video following Brady Kachuk through his time at the All-Star Weekend. And there was this one moment that cracked me up because he was sitting there and they were asking him about like, oh, Matthew talking about Florida and stuff. And he said, oh yeah, Matthew's constantly bragging to me about the Florida weather. And just, I'm, it was something about, oh, I'm shoveling, I'm out shoveling my driveway in like minus 30 degree weather. And Matthew is texting me about how much fun he's enjoying the beach. And that was the most Ottawa thing Brady Kachuk has ever said in his life. If you are from Ottawa, you know, so many people from Ottawa have family or relatives in warmer climates because a lot of us come from other parts of Canada and stuff and you know other parts of not Canada and so we know the experience of your family out in Vancouver texting you every day to be like how's the weather out there I just planted my garden while you're covered in snow so Brady Kachuk welcome to Ottawa that's a a very very Ottawa experience (laughs) Brady Kachuk you are now an Ottawa citizen and that Brady Kachuk, that's also the name of a newspaper here. Exactly. Did you know that? That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so I know you were trying to think of other Ottawa experiences Brady Kachuk could have to really like make him further, like even more of an Ottawa citizen. Exactly. So like, what are the Ottawa moments? What are like, yeah, exactly. Things that he just has to do. Because I don't know, watching this clip, I wasn't even thinking about, oh no, he's going to leave for a warmer climate. I was like, Brady understands Ottawa and so what does he need to do now the first thing I thought of was he needs to get really drunk at the panda game 
And I have, I did not go to either of the Ottawa universities. I've never been to the Panda game, but every single year around that time, my Instagram stories are all full of old high school classmates who are talking about how excited they are for Panda and how they're going to get so drunk and just have such a good time. Basically, if you don't know, because I know a lot of our listeners are not from Ottawa, believe it or not, it's it's just a rivalry football game between the two main universities in Ottawa and everybody just gets really hyped for it. And I think Brady should show up. Yeah, I honestly think Brady Kachuk would have like the most fun at like a panda game like I think that's totally his vibe and I think he like not even just like have an Ottawa experience like just like have a fun experience for him I think he would love it so Brady Kachuk if you're listening go to a panda game I think the next thing which is tragically impossible now, but was to go to Rideau Yo, McDonald's. He still, he still has another but... month or so before it shuts down. Brady, if you're listening, oh, okay. you got to go to Rideau McDonald's once. Just once while you're in Ottawa. You have to experience it. Yeah, basically, if you guys don't know, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a McDonald's on Rideau Street. And it's like crazy. Like, because the thing is, is everyone from every city in the entire world that has a McDonald's is like, oh yeah, like we have the worst McDonald's and it's like somewhere random in their city. It's like, you know what? I actually believe that Ottawa has the worst McDonald's like in the world. Oh, and like like, national news sources have confirmed this. Yeah. So basically like, yeah, the vibe of the Rito McDonald's is that it's downtown. There is, and like the most famous thing about it, I believe is that there is a video there of a fight that broke out at the Rito McDonald's and someone pulls a raccoon out of their jacket Bet you didn't think I was going to say that if you didn't know where I was going with that. Like anyone listening, did you think I was going to say that someone pulled a raccoon out of their jacket? Because that's what happened. You could Google the video, like Ottawa Rito McDonald's and or, you know, Rito McDonald's yeah. raccoon fight. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it happened. Oh my God. I bet I just shocked all of you who didn't know where I was going with it. But yeah, it's a crazy video. Look it up. Um, this episode is sponsored by the Rita McDonald's video where someone pulls a raccoon out of their jacket. Um, so yeah, Brady Kachuk, go there. Uh, I think it would Brady be Kachuk, fun. go there with a the raccoon, raccoon getting in your jacket and pull it out. Yeah, I think that's like an Ottawa must. Everyone who lives in Ottawa has to do that, I think. It's a rite of passage. Um, yeah, I think that that would be a fun auto activity for him. And the last Ottawa activity that we're going to suggest for Brady Kachuk, and by the way, this is only for Brady Kachuk. Alex Dabrinkit, do not try these until you've signed an extension. But Brady, we think that as the captain of the Ottawa Senators, he needs to do these things. He needs to get stranded on the LRT at some point, which might have happened. I think he's probably too rich to take the LRT, but I think he needs to start taking public transit so that he can experience the extremely Ottawa experience of getting stuck on the LRT. Yeah, it's. I think it would be um, terrible. So you should experience it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, the LRT is like the train in Ottawa and it's uh, unreliable and breaks all the time. And it's really funny. Uh, well, it's not funny. It's actually like bad. Guys, transit needs to be better funded in this country. But anyway, um, I think it'd be funny if Brady Kachuk got got stranded on it. Because it's like, yeah, he's definitely too rich to have ever taken like OC Transpo or whatever. But he should give it a go. For sure. I feel like, you know, 
as a player on the team, he can't get the Sens-related experiences like, you know, listening to TSN 1200 while stuck in the parking lot or um, witnessing a fight between a Leafs fan and a Sens fan on the 400 series buses going back from the game. Although, I'll bet if he witnessed one of those, he would just participate, which could be pretty fun. But yeah, exactly. those are... Yeah, the move is for Brady Kachuk to, like, play in a game and then like leave on transit i think that'd be very funny like they should like he should actually do that i think it would be very hilarious we generally think brady kachuk should take public transit yeah i think it's good for the environment and also would be funny i also just thought of one that we didn't write down uh brady kachuk to truly be like an ottawa like boy to truly be from ottawa i think you have to get a government job true i think that's the last step um maybe a summer job do you think he he could like try yeah. to cheat the system and get one of those uh, f swept jobs? Yeah, actually, you know what? Did he graduate uh, university? He did not. He he dropped it after like one year. Maybe he could still have student status. Maybe like through a loophole, Maybe. he could have student status. Yeah. So Brady that Kachuk, is a very thing. apply for a job. I want Brady Kachuk to like be a tour guide on Parliament. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> This is also a great, uh, these are all great ideas for a, you know, breakaway video for the Sens, a little behind the scenes video. I I think I would watch a video where Pretty Kachuk goes into Rito McDonald's with a raccoon hidden in his jacket, personally, or a video where he gets stranded on the LRT. Wait. All of these sound great. Yeah. Also, I'm not seriously suggesting this if anyone like important is listening, but Brady Kachuk sneaking a raccoon into parliament to give a tour. <laughs> would also be hilarious i'm not don't actually do that guys like don't it's not funny but you know those videos you know those personal videos where people are like oh yeah this hockey player you know worked at tim hortons for a day or something they should do that with brady he should work at the parliament for a little bit or yeah go to panda game just just follow him around unironically yeah yeah, like the Ottawa Senators, if you're listening, make Brady Kachuk do Ottawa things. It would be very, very funny. Everyone would love it. Exactly. All right. So now that we've recapped everything that's happening, we had one last little segment that we wanted to do because we thought it would be funny. Remember in the first episode when we were talking about how Brady Kachuk does not have as many funny bits going on that he's doing. He's not really committing to comedy the way he has in the past. We wanted to do a little bit ranking and going through some of the best sends like bits that they've been doing this season yeah i think we should go worst to best so that we build up to the best one so i'll say what i think we've listed some on our google doc i will say the one that i think is the worst okay i think okay one that i put down which like i don't know if anyone else finds it funny because i tweet about it every time it happens when the sends are like losing like if they're like getting like really badly outshot or something um at any point then when the game either goes into intermission or ends, DJ Smith is like out of there. Like that dude like speeds off. Like he like power walks into the dressing room. So hilarious to me. Cause it's like, sir, you can tell them how to like be better in theory. Like you can help the team win. Instead, he gets so frustrated and he walks off so fast. And I think that's an excellent bit. Cause if I was the coach of the Ottawa Senators, that's what I would do. I would be like, I'm so angry and leave very fast. Exactly. Well, the thing is, you don't know what he's doing afterwards. Like, maybe he's just really eager to get to his office and, like, you know, review some game tape or whatever. And he's just, like, hustling. But when you're watching this, the, the team, 
it looks like he's just storming off in a rage, which is also how I feel. Yeah, it's so, yeah, like exactly. And it's funny because it's happened like multiple times now to the point where like it's like a recognizable thing that might happen where it's like, oh, if they're losing a lot, he might or like if they're losing by like a lot or something at some point during the game, like and it's intermission, he might leave very quickly. And that's like a fun Easter egg. Watch for it next time, guys. It's really fun. Exactly. All right, this, the next one, I'm going to look at the second worst one. This is, this is the second worst one to me because I, I'm not amused by it. I don't think it's funny, but it's getting scored on as soon as the game starts. Why have they been doing this for years? I am so tired of this bit. Yeah, the one thing that it does, ha- like the one thing that happens because of it though that is funny is that you get a hilarious screenshot of the Sens account tweeting like game time, like puck drop. And then like three seconds later, it's like, so-and-so has scored it is one nothing and it's very very funny like it's it's like if you can get that screenshot it makes it hilarious because then like everyone will tweet the screenshot and it's like a nice community thing to do exactly pretty fun um yeah I love that one yeah I think the next one that I think is like the next best is Tim Stutzel calling everyone kid I think that's an excellent bit on his part because he is like the youngest if not I don't know if Jake Sanderson is younger than him, but he is one of the youngest. Oh, and I don't know if Ridley Gregg's younger than him, but like he's one of the youngest players on the team and he like will call everyone kid. Like he called, does everyone remember Jake Lucchini? Do you remember when that was the thing? He was like, Jake Lucchini is a great kid. Entire time Jake Lucchini is like 27 years old or something. Um, it just, I just shows hilarious. that, I you know, it. in hockey dressing rooms, it's just your seniority, how long you've been in the NHL that matters, you know? Your age is determined by that. Uh-huh. A fun subversion on that also is I believe Shane Pinto called Tim Stutz a kid, which like everyone is entitled to call Tim Stutz a kid. He is a child. Shane Pinto is, I believe, two years older than Tim Stutzla. One year or, older. Like, not even, like one year older? Okay, yeah. So it's like, that's hilarious. Like you are a year older than him. He is not so much a kid to you. They're all great. They should all be talking, be calling each other kid. Um, the other one, I will say, I okay, I think this was a great bit. It has run its course now. It's over. I was not happy while it was happening, but it was Brandstrom never scoring a goal. That went on for a very, very long mm-hmm. time, as we've discussed. Yeah, and it had like such a satisfying conclusion, though. Mm-hmm. I, in theory, I again didn't see it happen. So, like, who knows? I, I but, thought it was very um... satisfying in person, but yeah. Well, and you know what? Congrats to Eric Brandstrom because he must have also listened to the first episode of our podcast because remember that we said his new year's resolution should be to score a goal singular and he's already done that so how where are you at on your new year's resolution listeners like who else (laughs) how many of us have already completed our new year's resolutions look at eric branstrom go he he probably resolved to get engaged and to score a single goal and look at that we're february and he's already completed all his goals Mm -hmm. moral of the story is everyone should be more like eric branstrom okay this is actually hard i don't know what we want the number one bit to be i think i'm gonna say the second best bit here is the constant meowing happening in and around the team i think i think it's just like a fantastic bit i think it's hilarious i think it's always travis hammonick doing it i think we like figured that out um and it's just so funny like, whenever Alex Dibrinkit is talking in, like, a presser, 
you can mo like more often than not you can hear the meowing in the background I think that's just like an excellent bit like I would do that like it's like not even like funny by like like oh we're kind of like whatever we'll just like find this funny because like sometimes jokes I feel like that hockey players do are like not that hilarious this one's objectively hilarious like I love it I think it's awesome yeah, and I just keep thinking, like, does has Alex Dabrinkit gotten tired of this? Because, like, can you imagine you're at work and you just can't do anything? You can't say anything because all of your coworkers, every time they see you, just start meowing all the time. Like, how annoying must that be? And yet he's still here. And, you know, hopefully this is going to convince him to stay. Yeah, if he signs an extension, we'll know it was the meowing and nothing else. And if he leaves, we'll know it was the meowing. <laughs> because, like, you know, a few <laughs> jokes here else. and there, like, especially when he first got traded, kind of funny, you know, using little cat emoji um, when you announce his goal. Totally get it. But, like, this is intense. The constant meowing is a lot. I feel like the sounds are coming on a little too strong. Maybe it's an insecurity thing. Maybe they're like, oh, we're worried that um, he's going to leave or, that, you know, he won't want to stick around. So we have to be super enthusiastic about meowing all the time to show our appreciation. I also, it was it's kind of related, but I really enjoyed right when Alex Dabrinkit got traded, Spartacat tweeted him saying something like, nice to have another cat in town. Um, let me know if you want to know where all the best scratching <laughs> posts are. And he fully ignored that tweet. He did not interact with it, which I respect. That was a little weird. The scratching post comment was a little, a little too far. To me, that's the funniest tweet ever. Spartacat? Okay, everyone follows Spartacat on Twitter if you don't already. Spartacat tweets maybe once every couple months, maybe once a month. And like, they're the best tweets ever. Like, underrated since Twitter account is Spartacat's official account. So, um, okay, so you can announce best bit. Best bit should come as no surprise. I cannot believe, actually, that I forgot about this one when I was talking about Brady Kachuk's ongoing bits. Um... Oh my god, wait. I'm sorry. We forgot about Tim Strips of Diving. Oh my god! Okay, that's an honorable mention. I'm sorry. Honorable? Okay, yeah. We'll say that Tim Strips of Diving is an honorable mention because also, wait, I don't know if you're going to leave this in, but Beata just said, like, we forgot Tim Strips of Diving and I fully, like, slapped my hand over my mouth in shock. I was, like, I was, like, aghast. That we I knew there was going to be something that we, like, a really obvious one that we missed and I just realized Tim Strips of Diving yeah. is, yeah. yeah. But anyways, we could say that's an honorable mention because you know what? He hasn't done it as much this season as he did last season, I feel mm -hmm. like. Like, he's not, like, embellished as much. So it's fine. It's an honorable mention. It wasn't our fault, guys. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Can you tell we didn't put that much time into <laughs> creating this? Anyways, okay. I cannot, as I was saying, I cannot believe that I forgot about this when I was talking about Brady Kachuk's ongoing bits this season and because this is truly the funniest thing like I think this is the funniest thing that Brady Kachuk has ever done it is the funniest thing that the Sens are doing it is the funniest thing happening around the league everybody needs to know about this and it is Brady Kachuk repeatedly failing to pull off cool moves especially that between the legs move that Matthew is so famous for mm -hmm. I think it's just so excellent because it's like everyone knows because it's like I think the whole appeal of the between the legs move is that it's like 
so unexpected so the goaltender is like not like maybe not ready for it so then like that's how you score if I am a goaltender about to play the Sens I am like okay yeah Brady Kachuk's gonna try the between the legs move it's like the element of surprise is taken away because like he does it every single time and it's just so funny that he is so like it's so obvious that he desperately wants to score a goal like this. He is so blatant about how badly he wants to score with this move, how badly he wants to pull it off. And I respect that so much that he has just continued to try it over and over and over again, even though he always misses. I agree. But you know what also is it's like, that's such a younger sibling thing to do where it's like your older sibling does something cool and you're like, me too now I'm gonna do that too now and it's like no one like the older sibling doesn't really care anymore it's like it was a it was like a year or two ago it's like okay whatever like we're kind of moved past it younger sibling is still like no I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I think like it's just a perfect like representation of like that dynamic so shout out Brady Chuck it's awesome exactly and I'm personally very proud of myself for how much I how much attention I have brought to this bit of Brady's um because I started noticing this last season that he kept trying this move and failing it and I thought it was hilarious and I kept pointing it out and every time I don't know I was just noticing that people weren't getting the joke that he tries this all the time And I kept having to point out, no, he keeps trying this move. It's so funny that he's trying it. And I was so worried that he was going to pull it off and people would just be like, oh, cool move and not realize what a monumental event it was that he finally pulled it off. And he hasn't scored with that move yet, but I just really wanted it to be a big moment when it happened. And so I have been keeping track of all of his failed attempts on my twitter account i have a little graphic that goes up i tried to do it after every game and then just like it was too annoying um so now it's every time he tries it i update the graphic with how many tries uh he is on i'm pretty sure he is currently 0 for 6 this season and that's just this season not counting preseason not counting last season so pretty cool he even tried at one point a michigan goal and failed again but i was I was proud of him for, you know, trying another cool move, even though he just, like, Mm -hmm. could not pull it off. (laughs) Exactly. And I think my, like, my overall opinion on this, I think we talked about this, like, not on a podcast recording. I think we were just, like, talking and I mentioned this. I think there's two, like, possible times when he's going to pull this off. It's, like, if the Sens are in the playoff and it's a really important game and then, like, it's game seven, whatever, he pulls off the move and it's like an incredible moment and it's like oh my god like that was so like it's gonna like so incredible what I think would be better than that is if it's like a meaningless regular season game against like the Anaheim Ducks or something and there's an empty net and he pulls it off into the empty net I think that that is like when he should do it because that would be so iconic I think it would be incredible. Can you imagine how like enthusiastically he would celebrate that? That see, that is just yeah. so funny to me, and I would be so proud of him. I would be celebrating that goal too. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's probably when he's going to pull it off. I I know Brady well in the sense, in a parasocial sense, in the sense that yeah. I watch him a lot and I'm very familiar with his hockey, and I know in my heart that he is going to pick the funniest possible moment to finally pull off this move and I'm honestly going to be disappointed if he doesn't find the funniest possible moment for it yeah like it can't have any like actual stakes I think that's the thing 
it needs to be so meaningless. Oh yeah, also one time he tried it and then like, but <laughs> this is, sorry, this is like a tangent a bit, but I remember earlier in the season, he tried it when the Sens were like trailing by one and like the dying seconds of the third period, whatever. And like, he was like, yep, I'm going to do it. He pulled, he tried to like do the, the, the move. and I remember like tweeting, like if I'm Claude Giroux, yeah, it, yeah, it was like also in the depths of a losing streak, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I remember tweeting, like, if I'm Claude Giroux and I like came to this team and I saw my captain do that, I would be like, what the fuck have I done? Like, why have I chosen this life for myself? Everyone was like, so mad at him for that. Sense, I guess. Everyone was so mad at him for that. I was proud. I was like, this is perfect. I, this is Brady Kachuk vibes. Like, of course he's going to pull off this move that he cannot pull off right when we, we most need a goal. It was funny. It was so funny that I was laughing, even though the Sens lost. And I appreciate that from Brady Kachuk. That's the power of Brady Kachuk is he will make you laugh even when the times are the worst. So yeah, shout out Brady Kachuk for that. Shout out Brady Kachuk for never scoring on that move. I think it's hilarious. He is, above all else, a comedian. <laughs> he is simply a court gesture. Gesture. Exactly. Gesture. I can't talk. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the other day? This is like kind of a tangent, but remember in the playoffs when he was cheering on Matthew from the stands because uh, Matthew's team was in the playoffs and um, he was really enthusiastic. And there was this one time where he was on like, uh, was it like Red Mile or something? Like, I don't know, some, you know, parade kind of for like Flames fans where they were getting hyped before the game and they invited him to like toss out t-shirts. And he said in an interview that he was tossing out the t-shirts saying, go, Sims, go. And I, I constantly have this like image in my head of Brady Kachuk, like, you know, promoting the Calgary Flames, but quietly saying go sends go to himself to make himself feel better. That to me is like exactly Brady Kachuk's vibes. Wait, yeah, I love the idea that like he wasn't like saying it to the fans, like go sends go. He was just like in his head. He was like, go sends go, sends go, go sends go. <laughs> um, it's like secretly like blessing the t-shirt. <laughs> go sends go. Well, I mean, Calgary's been pretty bad this season. Maybe he cursed the flames. Yeah. They got Gosen's goad. <laughs> um, so anyways, that's it for this episode. Let us know what your favorite Sens bits are. Let us know what you think Brady Kachuk should, well, what kind of Ottawa experiences Brady Kachuk should have. I guess we didn't talk about him eating shawarma, but I'm assuming he's already eaten shawarma. That's a, he lives in Ottawa. He should have already had that. Yeah. So yeah, let us know if we missed anything there. Drop a ghost sounds go. I will see you in two weeks. Drop yeah, don't forget to drop the ghost sounds go. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.